1: Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And
2: this is Side Note.
3: A podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a
2: controversial topic. And then we research and splice in all the mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Today's episode is about Game of Thrones. We talk about my reactions to the brutal Red Wedding that everyone has talked about. If you don't know what that is, you will find out. And we talk about me being kicked out of a play for having a mental breakdown. And then we will get into the debate as Game of Thrones is Mitch's favorite show ever. And I think it is extremely overrated and have a hard time staying awake. And off the top, spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about copious amounts of deaths that happen on this show. Hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, don't say, the boys say, the boys oh my gosh, Gwen Stefani, she too uh, so cool. I
3: couldn't have told you who sang that song. Oh, uh, really? I mean, I obviously know, but yeah, I didn't know. It you so got much. so, you're like... Sh- shot to attention, started to sing all the words. I don't know. It's just, like, one of those times in my life, you know?
2: What is new with you, my boo?
3: Um, What is new with me is something you introduced me to. Thankfully, what? I stuck it through the show Pen15. Oh, wow. It's incredible. Um, if you guys haven't heard of it, it's, like, amazing, touching, hilarious, so poignant. It's honestly...
2: I haven't seen a show that's made me feel like that in a long time where I'm like, this is perfect. It's
3: so well written, executed, it's amazing. There's 10 episodes. Yeah. It's on Hulu. The premise is it's these two girls who have written a story about them in, like, grade 7, but they're actually playing themselves in grade 7, but all the other actors are kids. Yeah, but
2: they're adults, like, looking and very convincingly acting like kids. Yeah. It's incredible. And covering,
3: like, those cringy, awkward moments uh-huh. and hilarious, like, it's like, puberty moments you go through. as well. big mouth in real life, but more, like, poignant. Yeah, like, it's it's definitely... Equally as funny, I think, but then it gets into moments where you're actually like sad, and it feels like so reminiscent of being younger. And it's in the year two thousand, so it resonated with us
2: because we're like that exact age where we were in grade seventy or two thousand, like calling into nine. Yeah, with all the songs and when
3: tickets to be wet. And like it, it's just like um, I don't know. It's a, a story about girls. That I don't, and in like a sexual way, like talking about their bodies becoming sexualized. That, that usually is like reserved that for men. Yeah, boys getting to talk about like jerking off is always jokes in shows, but I feel like it's cool to see like a lot of TV shows. Well, it's interesting Not because today lot, we are talking
2: on. about a TV show, so that kind of brings it up. A TV show that we don't agree on.
3: Okay, here we go from the get-go. Oh, what did we learn this week? Before we get to that, let's talk about what did we learn this week. Uh, should I go first or do you want to go first? Hit me. Oh. Hit you? oh, okay. Hit well, I learned something very fascinating that we talk about all the time. Why time flies faster as we age.
2: Oh, God. We have the, uh, a, a chapter, about, a <laughs> a chapter in our about book it. about so this. So a new but study new? was published oh, wow. that, and research oh, to kind of
3: suggest something about this. This year um, has gone faster than ever any year before in my entire it's life it's horrifying absolutely terrifying. yeah and i'm just like i i think i've said this on the podcast before but like sometimes the only way for me to justify and feel happy about that is that like winter feels shorter but that's like a really different thing winter is coming oh here we go um, so physics may actually be the answer and it has to do with the rate of speed that uh, information can travel on your neurons so as you age okay. your neurons develop and become bigger and bigger so there's two elements one is that the distance and length your neurons have to travel to process information is actually longer, they think. Wait, but as you is- age, your neurons in theory get longer? Yeah, so it says, um, they attribute Whoa. it to the phenomenon of physical changes in the aging human body as tangled webs of nerves and neurons mature, they grow in size and complexity, leading to longer paths for signals to traverse. Oh, wow. As those paths then begin to age, they also degrade, giving more resistance to the flow of electrical signals. Meaning why? So ultimately the end result is that when you're older, you can actually process fewer images in the same amount of time as you could when you're younger, so your brain's taking in less information and Oh, as a result that slows down time okay. because we, as we've talked yeah, less before less distinct like, memories yeah and novelty
2: is novelty seeking experience like doing something novel slows down time because your brain like, has to like builds, work in different ways. Yeah, neurons build connections for It's why that, yeah. when you're walking somewhere it often feels like it takes longer than when you walk home from that place because when you're walking there your brain is hyper aware of where you are the directions the mm. new smells the new things around you and it actually slows down your perception of time but when you're walking home you've seen it all before and your brain is working less mm. hard.
3: So this is kind of adding to like this isn't necessarily like the one and only thing obviously oh perspective gosh. on time is a big one as well like when you're younger one year of your life is like the whole life but now one year of our life is just a small little smidgen um, oh but my yeah gosh, it, I so mean scary. it's it's nice and sad in some ways I'm like oh that's a bummer that like we just don't like in the same amount of like in a day a kid just experiences so much than us so much, so much more. more than us, literally. They yeah, literally yeah. process more information. Now that's kind of sad, but I saw some interesting discussions online of people being like, so if we were able to like slow down or stop or reverse the degradation of neurons, would that speed up and allow us to like feel like time slower?" Yeah, than would it? I like, well, I mean, that was just like- on Everyone's my obsessed with that, like we're obsessed with how to not age. Like yeah. there's so many interesting scientific- But It's like, okay, question. If you had a choice between two things, yep. not aging like your outer body and the okay. way you looked, not aging your brain, which would you do?
2: Not aging my brain for sure. Okay, yeah, same.
3: Yeah, okay, cool. But like, wouldn't that also be like, that's the hard part if your brain is perfectly fine and then you
2: I'm so scared. No, down. well, I mean, I'm going to die eventually, but I would rather, I'm so scared of my brain like going away. I'm so scared. Oh my God, I'm okay, so scared. Let's, we'll get, you <sighs> existential crisis. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Oh, right? yeah. What did I learn of this? I just had <laughs> like a full, like, literal mental breakdown. I was like, what are we doing? Um, okay. <laughs> so mine is about how it is now spring. Wow. Time flies. Oh, cool Winter fact. is not coming. Um, and so 10 degrees Celsius, which is about 50 Fahrenheit. Come on, America. Fix your system. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's sort of like an average spring day. And people say, you know, that feels a lot warmer in the spring, whereas in the fall, 10 it's degrees like can feel cold. Yes. so that is something that we assume is psychological, mm-hmm. but there actually have done some recent studies that found that it actually might be physiological, in okay. that over the winter your body actually adapts, in okay. that you shiver and your um you have vasoconstriction of your veins in your peripheries of your skin when you are cold. So at the beginning. When you first feel that 10 degrees Celsius in and the your fall, not your body is not prepped. You start to shiver and you start to really feel cold. Then over time, your body actually adapts so that in the summer, it actually feels warmer. And so one mm. way they studied this was on... Meaning like it's not just mental. It's not just it's mental. There's actually like your body has adapted throughout the yeah. winter. And they did this on fisher people, not necessarily fishermen, okay. fisher people who were having their hands like always being so cold by having to like go into cold water in the winter like it's crazy to Mm -hmm. think about being a Mm fisher person oh my god never
3: never ever 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 and And so when they (laughs) actually
2: put like a fisher person's hand into a bowl of freezing water and a controlled normal person's hand in a bowl of water that fisher person's hand will literally be warmer like their body has adapted to deal with it, to to adjust. And so they think maybe that is what's happening to
3: people. So it's not just psychological, although that, of course, plays a piece. No, that's really fascinating. I think, like, you can kind of see it, like, if you go to a new climate... Your body, and even if that climate's sus- like sustained like all the time, you're, you're at yeah. first it'll be tough, but then you do kind of like just get. Yeah, used we to, are like, amazing within limits, obviously. Right, sacks of blood mm-hmm. and water. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. Ugh, oh,
2: Game of Thrones. G O T. Throgs. The bane of my existence. <laughs> so, oh my God, it's
3: literally making like, convulse.
2: <laughs> if you don't know from that little interlude where we fall on this spectrum, I do not like Game of Thrones. There, oh I, said okay, right. I said it. Okay, I said it in the open. True. Wow, I'm, I'm tear me down, drag me to hell or <laughs> whatever. But okay, we're gonna
3: debate this later. But let's start with our stories around it, because... Aye, aye, I aye, have, like, I mean, everyone has a story. Who, oh, okay, heads up, obviously, there's going to be, like, oh, spoiler major alert. spoilers in this. Like, not for anything that's supposed to happen going to happen, but, like, actually probably only up to season, the end of season four, but it's possible that something else might slip out I've of our mouths. i always wanted to say spoiler alert and, like, mean it. I'm usually just saying it in, like, a... I usually after I've said something spoiler, we go spoiler alert. And like, yeah, I say up till speech. season four because Greg hasn't watched past that. But you I have watched, watched half of season half four. Of season four. Um, I've watched it. Also, there might be other things that slip out. But I'll yeah, that's your own. Like risk a dragon it, like, killed a prince. Cool. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> didn't happen. Okay. Um, Dr- so let's talk about like obviously the main story that everyone experiences who watches Game of Thrones. This is called the Red Wedding. Okay. They, one of the most. I this mean, is what many my story moments was about. leading up is to the red sweat? wedding that are their own red weddings, but then by the time you get to the red wedding, you're like, this is absolutely insane.
2: Okay, so can I? I'll tell my story around the red
3: wedding. Okay? Yeah, can I? Can I preface it? Yes, you can preface. Like because I'm, I'm angry. We had been watching the show together, but I remember that week I was away in Guelph with my family. um and so I watched that episode on my own. And you know when you're like not, I hadn't really been looking on the internet. So I was not prepared to be like, so ready to like sit down and watch something epic. I was just kind of like, put it on. I was like, I remember having a snack and just, not that I was like on my phone or anything, <laughs> but when it happened, I was so caught off guard. Like I wasn't pre- You know, when someone tells you an episode's good and you're like, okay, I'm mentally ready for like something. I just like was in- absolute Did you watch it live? Shot. Not live. I had watched it like on PVR or something that like my family had. The Red Wedding is a very famous Game of Thrones
2: episode because it is extremely violent and everyone who you love dies, okay? And this first aired in 2013, which, wow, that just makes me feel like time truly does fly. And the accumulation of all of the mentions on social media, blogs, forums, and news sites at the time made it for HBO the most socially active episode ever. Within a week, it had 700,000 mentions. It was so messed up that if you are like Mitch, you can go on YouTube and watch fan video compilations of people reacting to the Red Wedding. And much like it did for me, the unprecedented turn of events invoked an incredibly visceral emotional reaction. One that simply can't just be chalked up to how violent the scene is. Why were people reacting so terribly? Oh, no! Oh, shit! Oh! Oh! really? (laughs) Due to generations' worth of storytelling, especially when it comes to fantastical fiction, which Game of Thrones is, one could argue that we've been conditioned to expect happy endings where the good guys prevail and justice is restored. In any other story, the fact that the Starks were fighting the good fight would make them essentially invincible to a normal narrative context.
3: Yes, I am invincible!
2: That this precedent was destroyed and so abruptly and violently really drove home the show's theme that nobody is or was safe. In fact, there's a literal scientific study that I found that assesses the mortality of characters on Game of Thrones. It's like, okay, I don't know who these scientists are, I guess they don't have better things to do, or some could argue this is important.
0: Drag her! Slay her! Read
2: her! So the probability of a character dying within the first hour of appearing on screen is about 14%. The probability of survival within the show is worse for characters who were male, who had not switched allegiance during the show, and who are featured more prominently. So following this pattern, as we move into the last season, if there is a male on the show who seems to be loyal and not switching sides and is in a lot of an episode, you should look out. Bam, he's gonna be dead. One thing I can say about Game of Thrones in doing my research is that it is fascinating. Nobody is safe, and this does go against the way we've been conditioned to hear and read stories. And in that sense, if you can handle it, Game of Thrones must be a pretty epic show. So what were your experiences with the Red Wedding? Mitch also wants me to ask, did the Purple Wedding even things out? It's like, okay, what is that?
1: He poisoned my son, your king.
2: Let us know using the hashtag SideNote Podcast. So this is the famous scene in Game of Thrones called of like, The Red Wedding. If you haven't heard uh, of it. Everyone dies. Everyone you, you love,
3: love <laughs> dies. I like literally the whole four se- or three seasons in up a horrible that point. like. Ah!
2: <laughs> so in my
3: mind I was like I love I loved it. I was mortified at first and heartbroken, but then was like I'm so excited to watch this with Greg. And so that leads into like us sitting down to watch it. I okay, believe.
2: so I need to start by saying that I am sensitive. Okay? I have <laughs> You learnt... might not be
3: able to tell. No, Greg is very sensitive. No, but you actually might not way. be able to
2: tell. Okay. I like f- very good in my life at being like I can deal with a lot of pain and I can like <laughs> Make sure everyone around me feels really comfortable, and I'm good at like you know I have like resilience within me. But if something makes me sad, I will lose I can control. Really impact. I like, and right? I'm really really sensitive when it comes to like movies and plays and. De- so, okay, I have a specific story about right. uh, an example of how sensitive I am. So I once went to a 12 and up production of Oliver Twist. <laughs> so I, but I, I was made 11. It- Okay. Yes.
3: What? I, maybe, I feel like the 12 and up part, that age gets higher and higher every time to like <laughs> make it sound like it's more extreme. I feel like it was 11 up, eleven and up last time I heard it, but now you're like, I was even younger. <laughs> no, it was a 12 plus <laughs> okay. production of all Oliver Twist
2: at Young People's Theater in Toronto, and I was taken to it at the ripe age of 11, <laughs> under the <laughs> assumption that I could handle what I was about to see. So... Mm-hmm. I don't remember much, but I do remember falling in love with the character
3: of Nancy, right? <laughs> yeah, she, the, and she's, like, the main, one of the main female protagonists who, like, takes care of Oliver and really brings him in as, like, yes, a muggly figure. Yes, and it's so amazing. So right
2: before we're leading up to intermission, in this story and in this play, they take
3: the Nancy character and they throw it, her... It's yeah. not before intermission. It's near the end of the show. No, you haven't... This is a play. This isn't a musical. I mean, okay, but, like... Okay, maybe it's drastically different than the musical. I'm just yeah, saying okay, I, fine, fine, fine. I'm just fine, saying fine. I was in, in the Oliver. Hotel. Yeah, that's true.
2: That's true. Oh, that's true. Okay, no, I guess okay. it makes sense. It's near the end. It doesn't really matter when it took place, <laughs> but they throw this Nancy character behind a wall and they beat her to yeah, death. To death, yeah. And so there's an actor putting his hand up putting his hand down to make it look like he's beating her. You don't see it and I'm pretty sure the actress was just slamming her hand onto the ground to make this audible noise of beating. But I got So upset. I lost I stood up and I was like, Nancy, no. I was screaming, crying. My dad was like pulling me down. These ushers came running down the aisle, completely disrupted the whole play. They pulled me out and they dragged. I just like remember just being like, Nancy, no. And they're pulling me out. And I just remember that start. It was a matinee performance at like two o'clock on a Sunday. They pulled me into the like, Lobby like And I just dorms. remember That stark contrast Of like the light Hitting me And I'm, all of a sudden I'm like standing Near like a concession stand And Realizing, I'm Realizing
3: like, like oh, It's my, a play Like
2: <laughs> it's a play And then the, the usher Was like Okay it's an actress We can go meet her backstage you, She's oh still alive Like God. like trying to like Talk me through it And was I was like Was your parents <laughs> with you? So my mom was sitting In another park She didn't even My mom was just sitting there <laughs> I didn't like, even like, know I Who know him. that him. kid is <laughs> Yeah my dad was I just remember my dad Being like What is wrong with you? But I remember They were like I guess it was 12 plus like you were 11 and you couldn't handle it and it was just like I just that is an example of this sensitivity that I have towards storytelling and plays and And like
3: really falling for characters and feeling them feeling feeling them them. and so when I watched well I just want to I have before you like the Game of Thrones comment on the fact that like when I was in Oliver, I was also 11. Um, <laughs> and you had to like- And in the musical, they actually do the same thing. They put her behind a thing and they bludgeon her to death and he <gasps> screams. And uh- then uh- later he's like, your eyes! Look, like, stop looking at me with your eyes! As he's, like, killing her and then he, like, gets killed later that way because he's In the eyes. musical for kids? Yes. I'm sure there is an age thing on the musical as well. But it just makes me laugh because in one sense I'm like, yeah, 11's young. In another I'm like... Eleven is old. old, Greg, to, like, not realize that, like, Nancy's, like, an actress. And I remember even, like, maybe it was it's later. to feel it, but the, it's so cute and hilarious that you jumped up and screamed. Like, I just, that's so you in a nutshell. I do feel like my, I do remember having,
2: being, like, to my parents maybe it was after intermission being like I freaking love Nancy like all of stuff and they're probably like oh good lord I also remember, I, my mom almost kicked me out of ever after because I was crying so profusely from the get go when her dad dies and at one point when she punches the sister it's based
3: on Cinderella over the bed I stood up and clapped and my mom was like get a grip
2: oh <laughs> like, my god there was snot yeah, all over my movies, shirt like,
3: I haven't cried in a movie in so long because being with you makes me laugh so like, I, like because like if I'm emotional during a movie I often look beside and then you're like (laughs) and then it's just so funny to me that I can't like it pulls me out I know you always (laughs) make me feel so bad I'm like well what am I supposed to do like not cry to like let you I'm not asking you to do that I just I can only cry if I'm alone because otherwise I'm commenting on you or watching you yeah I I
2: am very resilient and then I literally break (laughs) down so the red wedding to me was offensive it was (laughs) disgusting I know that Mitch was excited to have me watch this scene. And it just, I, from that point forward, I didn't, I didn't think you, I, I didn't was think so you would act that way. Yeah. I was
3: so mad. And I was like, this is. You weren't also, like, you were mad, but you were also absolutely horrified. Like, I've never, like, the blood left your face. And you were so disturbed. Like, it. I turned into pure anger after. You were just like, I hate this. But and in I, the moment, I was like, it It looked like you were actually watching, like, people die.
2: I honestly... Well, I was, like, I
3: was <laughs> watching watching
2: any person I cared about die. <laughs> I was... I
3: absolutely hated it. And I think it was a weird... Re- I think we fought after because I think you were really excited. Yeah, I was like, one, I had... It was obviously mortifying for me, but then it turned into like, wow, I've never experienced a show doing this. That was like kind of crazy. Whereas I was like, I will never watch this show again. This is (laughs)
2: offensive. This is stupid. And now I have no reason. And I and we got in a big fight because I think for you, you were really excited, and I and I actually didn't. I did not watch that show until years later when you would and my roommates like coerced me, and I was like, no, I actually the red wedding is still so scarred in my brain that I will not support this nonsense. Oh
3: please utter nonsense I would say the only other thing I want to say about Game of Thrones that bothers me is that I love the intro and it's song so much and you always want to skip it and I'm like that yeah. is so problematic for me
2: another time we'd
3: fight I'd be like okay and I'm like okay let's go this is like a 10 okay, minute thing like, and you're like this a, is literally the beautiful song and it's like oh the animation slightly changes every time have you noticed that yeah, now like, Winterfell quick, is on fire you're like oh my god
2: quick, look Winterfell's <laughs> on fire like, isn't that so interesting I'm like no that's literally just
3: okay but you also listen to podcasts on like 2.5 speed and it's like you're taking away the essence like not
2: 2.5 speed on <laughs> 1.5 speed also our podcast is the only one that I when I listen to it at 1.5 I'm like we need to slow <laughs> talk so fast like I listen to the read and sometimes I'm like wow there's they talk so normal and then I'm like realize it's sped up and then when I re it I'm like they talk so <laughs> like if we were them right now we would be like Game of Thrones, like the Red Wedding was awful. I can't even do it, but they we talk really fast. (laughs) We do. So I wouldn't be surprised if people who listen and sped up have to slow it down.
0: Speeding up your podcast. I get it. There are a lot of great podcasts out there and you wanna get through them all. Currently, I have 31 downloaded episodes that I need to catch up on and it stresses me out a little bit. And according to a 2019 survey by Edison Research, there are over 660,000 different podcasts with over 28 million episodes. And now 51% of Americans have listened to at least one podcast and 80% of those people listen to an average of seven shows a week. How do you get through them all? There are a bunch of different apps that can help you out with this, like Speed, which accelerates the pace every two minutes, or Overcast, which algorithmically seeks out long, thoughtful pauses in conversation and erases them. This way, you can spend your time more efficiently, learn more, and even listen to more podcasts. Or can you? Raymond Pastor from the University of North Carolina has spent a lot of time researching how audio compression impacts your learning. And he has found that the 1.5 times speed can really sacrifice retention and can overload our working memory. However, different podcasts allow different speeds. Conversational chatter can be consumed no problemo, but if you're listening to denser topics where you are lacking familiarity, skip the sonic speeds. Pastor suggests that if you want to speed things up, stick to 1.25 times, and it shouldn't hinder your retention too much. This doesn't even get into the artistry of some podcasts.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
0: where pauses, music, edits are meticulously thought out. But what do you think? Let us know using the hashtag SidenotePodcast at what speed you
3: listen to your pods.
0: What speed are you listening to Side Note Podcast right now?
3: But anyway, yeah, I'm just like, well, would you listen to a song sped up? I wouldn't. No, Because to me, and a a show, and a podcast, to me, they're created with a tone, and a timing, and a cadence. I listen to YouTube videos sped
2: up. uh, The ones that are about information. I think because
3: you turn everything into, like, a functional, like, I'm a learning, and at which case, learning faster is better. But for me, like, learning is a part of the experience, and also just, like, the experience is part of it, too. So for Game of Thrones, like, I don't want to just get through it. I want to live through it. Whenever we listen to podcasts in the car, like like the daily intro I'm like or anyone talk I'm
2: like it sounds like they have horse tranquilizer like I'm like every time I hear that actual voice I'm like I'm not voice, listening
3: to this sped up I can't understand it and, yeah. like and <laughs> then sometimes
2: I think like in my life day to day life I'm speaking so fast all the time I'm like is it because I'm like literally listening to things sped up you like is it making 1. me go, go crazy yeah
3: no honestly uh, okay we need to get into our debate uh, and of which obviously Greg is a con and I am pro so let's take a little break and we will come back with our game of thrones thr- <laughs> Down.
2: <laughs> if there are any controversial subjects that you want us to tackle with the formula of Side Note Podcast, the best way to get in touch with us is to use the hashtag Side Note Podcast or to leave a comment on our YouTube channel, which is Side Note Podcast. Essentially, just type SideNote Podcast all over the place, all over the place, and things will pop up and just write to us. We have lots of ideas for upcoming episodes, but we want to hear what you think because a lot of the time you guys give us suggestions and it gets our brains rolling and we come up with some great ideas. If we work together, we're going to get somewhere better. Is that a saying? Oh God, I don't know. (laughs) So, today we are debating whether or not Game
3: of Thrones is a good or bad show. I mean, I feel like Ollie arguing, is it the greatest show of all time? Okay, that lip... <laughs> oh, my uh,
2: goodness. Okay. Of all time. Well, or like one of, yeah. I didn't know the stakes
3: were that high, and I didn't know I was dating a buffoon. <laughs> okay, well, should I start first, then? I think we were just going to do like a minute of pure debate, like one minute for me one minute for you and then i feel like this will be more fun as like an open because i mean like it's a little more subjective than normal so, so you're gonna go first i guess Typical, yeah. okay i'm just you're gonna time me for the
2: minute to big time on your mark, get set, go.
3: Okay. Well, I mean, it's just an amazing show. I don't even have that many facts. Okay. <laughs> uh, a couple of facts we're going to out is that it's, like, one of the most watched shows ever. They clock in, like, 25.1 million. I think up to 30 million when you include, like, all the different places. Uh, people who are watching it, um, it's, like, the most torrented show. And one interesting thing about Game of Thrones is that the audience grows, like, every single season. Unlike something like The Walking Dead where it's, like, lost audience because it's, like, boring. Sorry. No offense. Um, it's just, like, a show that is constantly. constantly. Constantly growing and leading towards something and getting really exciting. Like I said before, best theme song and intro of any show uh it's literally a cultural phenomenon it's made people read like what more could we ask for people seconds. to be more interested in reading <laughs> thank you for the show to get people to go back to the book which is exactly what i did um it's finite it doesn't get lazy and repetitive and it doesn't always rely on like explosions and stuff it's like it's nuanced it's about conversation oh it has uh so many strong female protagonists and ultimately oh it has only gotten better over time like a good fine wine i okay wow P- put me up put me up, put me up. yeah I'm ready I'll okay. go right into this Greg for the con starting now
2: okay audience growing it's called pure pressure it's because everyone <laughs> is saying that this show is amazing and I am gonna be a whistleblower okay I'm gonna say oh something God. that needs to be said more often <laughs> It's boring. It's literally <laughs> so boring. The amount of times that I was falling asleep beside Mitch and then feeling so awful and him be, like storming away being like, I can't believe you fell asleep, but I was fighting because I'm like, I can't keep my eyes open. There's no lighting in this show. It's just darkness. I don't know who's ever like freaking accents blending. Together. It's humorless. It is devoid of humor. They don't even they have like, I guess, like that. What is that weird? The Ophi dude. The, like, the one who was with Aria for a while. The one who was, like, with her, like, he's, like, an oaf. It's, like, I guess he's funny. He's just, like, this like, this, like, good dude. He has, like, no character development. <laughs> oh, my God, you're talking about there's strong female characters. It's li- it's the whitest show I've ever seen. It's There's dragons. What, you couldn't just, like, randomly put in people of different races? It's, like, if we want to get into the Five whole, seconds. like, you know, <laughs>
3: identity <laughs> politics of this show, it is a literal mess. <laughs> Okay, I see where you're coming from on the race issue.
2: Um, It's truly the whitest show of all time. And uh, what could be whiter? Lord of the Rings. And just frustrates me. I'm like, you're living in this world of fantasy. You like randomly have like dragons show up and like blow the house down and there's like a green explosion of goo or whatever it's like (laughs) you can't just like I don't know like for a second think oh maybe we could just have diverse actors and everyone could
3: just buy into this because we don't need to create something I I assumed you bring up that point I'm not even going to try to rebut it it is a very white show there are not only white people on the show I'll put it that way like there are different diversity there's people of color on the show of all different races but it, not not in, any of the main characters in my four and
2: a half slog of seasons. So that I had to watch. you're right,
3: actually. I don't know that any of the main family protagonists, but there are some main characters that are not white. But I, I would agree that they're not the main characters. Okay, there's a none couple. of them are like have a, a seat on the throne. Kind
2: uh, of thing. Yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, okay, that's a problem. Okay, but um, let's talk about the show as a show. because okay. we've got oh, we can agree on that okay. point. You, what makes you think it's so boring?
2: Literally, I always was just like so. I found the way that they spoke like so slow. I'm like, I found that it was that just means like. Maybe you just
3: need to watch at 1.5 speed. Maybe I do. <laughs> I
2: found that it was like confusing. I'm like, okay, which random dude with like wearing wolf fur as this really that I should care not about? That confusing, so and I then think it's like, this is a you problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: wow, I love him so much. Oh, slice his throat, he's dead. Okay, well, what am I supposed to root for? Well, you know what I find really interesting, and I, I'll, I'll say two things. One, one of my favorite parts about this show is how it starts with a narrative that's, like, fairly classic of this genre of having, like, the good guys, bad guys. And it slowly blends that so much over the course of the whole series where, like, there are people that I absolutely hated that now are my favorite characters. And there are people that I love that you see go another way and that you're acting like you hate now. And I think that's a really interesting thing. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but one proposition someone gave to me or i read online once before was like game of thrones is the aftermath of a classic disney or classic hollywood tale so at the beginning of game of thrones you have the good guys have just won the biggest war ever like the the baratheons and the starks have come together they pulled the whole round. the north and the south are bonded and now they've grown old and they're like old men who are remember this like great war that they fought in. And that's how most movies end, is like after the war, they won. But Game of Thrones is the follow up of like how that can't stay. Nothing stays the same. And it's sort of like the story after the fairy tale ending, which then goes into the story of like the literal Game of Thrones about how like when you fought a huge war and battle to win something, it doesn't end there. Like always there's a. And that in this Game battle of for Game of Thrones, everyone is white. But okay. <laughs> no,
2: okay. The one time you did tell me that, I was like, okay, finally some ounce of meaning in this godforsaken mess of a show so well, that why is why don't you
3: first of all try reading a book before you judge I will
2: it. I read books not those yeah Okay. exactly you're not judging, those a book books. judging a book are its cover not those books show. <laughs> okay I've also heard the books are I'm <sighs> talking to my head so I just wonder- <laughs> So, okay, so what is the point? Because that is, like, when I think of an amazing show, I think of, like, Breaking Bad. It's like, okay, that's supposed to be a chemical reaction showing the that's full... That's not what ch- let supposed me talk. to be. The full... Tr- it is. It's the full transformation <laughs> of this good, wholesome, nuclear family dad into this purely evil person and mm. this nuanced... Five season arcs, this is exactly what we are trying to say. This is so interesting. Even 1015, it's like, okay, we're trying to show you about vulnerability, trying to like access the fact that you can feel these like raw emotions that we can all relate to and find some comfort in the fact that other people went through this same thing that we did in our like worst stage. What What is the point
3: of this dragon nonsense? So Okay, I actually think this is interesting in why Game of Thrones is really unique. So there are definitely themes and there are definitely uh, poignant moments that bring about points within episodes or within seasons. Like... Well, I just mean like you can obviously find like the kinship of like being struggling with people and like the idea of having to be honorable versus like doing the thing that you believe is right and going breaking away from your family and I don't know, all these things. Well different what levels. are we
2: kings? None of us are kings. No, it's but like the queen can have, relate.
3: People still have these problems. I think the themes are universal. But what I think is most interesting is that the show doesn't follow the convention of having to have a specific moment. And I think the books do that well. What? It's like like Okay, I love the show Pen 15. I love all those other shows you're mentioning, and that they kind of like tell a story. And like, here's the beautiful, perfect picture. But just like I said, this is after the fairy tale, and there is no beautiful, perfect picture ever. And life sometimes is brutish, and life sometimes has a story that you think is telling you one narrative, and then that narrative just ends. And so I think there's kind of like a metaphor here for it How being a messed little more up realistic, the world is? in that there are. You know, you can pull out metaphors, you can pull out meaning throughout, but there's no one through line other than a narrative that's, you don't, you're you're interested in the characters and compelled by It sounds by like where, you're really good at justifying, like, a writer's room who's like,
2: well, ah, we'll just see what sticks. Okay, it's like, great. Oh, here's some incest, you here's can some say rape, that, here's some like.
3: What does it mean when something's, like, the most popular show of all time? Like, I think you can't it means- tell me it's just <laughs> bad. I think it <laughs> means that when you literally aren't afraid to create. Extreme
2: violence, like, incest, rape, all these, like, almost, like, grotesque, insane—it's like what we were talking about last week with conspiracy theories. It's like, yeah, if you really want to tap
3: into that, like, market, like, people are going to be shocked. Okay, but you are absolutely selling it short, when you say that, <laughs> there, there is violence. There is okay, controversial. Well, we should
2: talk about that specific. There was a horrible rape scene in Game of Thrones, which I read a lot
3: about. That's a really problematic yeah, thing. Yeah, I that think they- there are definitely problems with the way they've chosen to do some things in the show. Some things that did not happen in the books that they've put in the show. So I don't think it should go down as um, the best show of all time because there's other shows that don't fair. have a- I guess I, to me as like... Um, as a piece of entertainment, because I've read like three of the books, I haven't read all of them. I really enjoyed them too, and so it adds up to the lore of me enjoying it as like a franchise. But yeah, like I was really messed up. I didn't watch that season, but the, the way show, I read like, about the it amount was awful. Of, like female nudity that they show, but not male nudity. Like not that I'm like oh my god, male, the, but it's like unnecessary. In sometimes. the comeback,
2: the newer season, when she's like imitating Game of Thrones, and she's like <laughs> <laughs> standing beside the two women, like it's true. In the earlier seasons, remember. you're like, why is all these like these women like, why just, why are always just always have their good, shirts Yeah, and I guess sometimes. We see some dick and we see some butt, yeah, but it's not even. It's kind
3: of like an HBO thing. Like, they do that it's, in Westworld. It's, West a, it's an issue across HBO, I for sure. I don't know. Like, because, I mean, you said Breaking Bad. I love that show it's amazing but it also has extreme violence the first season like catches you it grips you because it's like actually so tense and intense like it's not just a beautiful story about a but man, the violence Star-Gall.
2: is like really integral to the like plot and to showing like the stakes and where I mean, he's going to go why as is person. that different here? I agree the nudity is unnecessary. Cuz the nudity the, okay well there's the a specific rape scene against Sansa Sansa, Sansa? Mm-hmm. Stark which was not necessary it wasn't even in the book they used it as advertising to kind of be like something Something really big happens in the middle of the season, and it was like it, it cuts upset, to the man yeah. instead of her. Like they're trying to show her pain, but it apparently cuts to the man, like reaction pain. It's directed by so many men it, that that to me sounded like a really disgusting use of that like trope to create stakes, which weren't necessarily. And I'm I'm taking this from you arguing other people exactly my point.
3: You've talked about how you thought that that scene was really problematic. Of course, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. Even I'm not. Up. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. So like, that's just like something where I'm like, if I you're can willing see to do as that, as a whole. Like I, yeah, I, I can see. I think it's okay to look at something and point out its flaws and still enjoy, so long as the flaws aren't like. So that sounds like a pretty big flaw. No, no, I agree. It it was a a misstep. Um, but I I just mean like in the whole of the show, I think like they probably learned from that, and I think the rest of the show. And not that there are not The last season dicks. better have
2: a bunch of dicks. That's all I got to say. Make up for lost time. Dicks, I mean, dicks, dicks. Flapping, flapping, dicks. flapping, flapping.
3: A dick gets cut off in one of the seasons you haven't watched. So. That's satisfying. No, I have watched that. Oh, you did watch yeah, that? There, right? Yeah, I saw a dick get cut off. of oh, That okay. like guy who's like Lily Allen's brother. I mean, I wouldn't know. I think so. Low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um I don't know. I just think, like, yeah, I think you-, you love it. You watch YouTube videos of it, like, when li- the trailer because, came yeah, out. yeah, because the new season's coming out, I, like, love to watch fan theories. Because at this point, once the show caught up with the books, so I was like, okay, no one actually knows, And so it's fun. I don't want to hear spoilers. the, but. like, final battle scene, they filmed three, right? So that no one could know which
2: one they used. Yeah. And apparently, the, the actors would get their scripts on an iPad, and then it would be, like, deleted off their iPad like literally burned from existence at the end of the day so that they couldn't ever be contributing to spoilers or you couldn't have a physical copy right. and they said you it was like so hard it. to act yeah. like there's like something about memorize that, memorize that that ex- it immediately. Yeah it excites me like I do miss I'm so mad! I watched Breaking Bad after. Like, I remember right. like we, had a we roommate. heard the cultural yeah. stuff. like every
3: time like an episode in the final season would air, everyone was going to bars and to watch it. Would be like, oh my god, yeah. did you watch Bigger Man? We'd be like, we don't watch that show. So I'm a little bit disappointed that I'm not going to be able to be a part of this like giant. You cultural could still. Phenomenon. I think that's what's fun for me too. Like there, there are only to me, and maybe there are more, but there are only a handful of shows that people still do that for. Where I feel like, like RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, yeah, <laughs> but even that is not like it happened. Definitely. People have like online momentum for RuPaul's, but it's not the same. But we as, go to like, bars to watch that, and it's not the same as a narrative show. Do you yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Like, that's true. I feel like a, an amazing narrative show can do something to yeah. people where you know, to a degree, it's in the control of the writers. Like, whereas a reality show, it's not always going one to be way good, or the other. Yeah. You don't depend on it in the same way. Whereas yeah. a scripted show, you're like, what are someone's going to do, this. and yeah. I hope this ends up perfectly the way I want it to. And so, yeah, being part of that, like through the past couple seasons. I just found like so satisfying to like see everyone's reactions, be part of it, and knowing where we're at now and just being like, This show, this freaking show that is so popular is just gonna end and that's gonna be such a weird experience. Well, like, it
2: ended for me uh. Four but are years there other, other
3: shows like that for you no, that you've watched right. that are narrative you're right. that you're like kind of scared and sad for them to end because they'll leave like for oh, me Oh Broad City, I'm sad as that Oh anything? that's true. Yeah. And that's a, that's not right nearly now too. Yet, but, yeah, like narrative the it's the not sticks. as narrative driven. No one's died in that yet. And like yeah. Um, for me, like, obviously that'll happen for Survivor, which is not narrative driven, but I've been watching it for like literally 20 years. So like, I don't think Survivor's ever going to end.
2: <laughs> Jeff Probst is going to be, he's going to get Botox until he's 89. Like such a Botox monster. His face is not moving too much these um, days. No, no shot, no shot.
3: Yeah, so I think, I, I know you don't have a lot of time. This is going to come out, you know, you think probably I should, in a couple I'm weeks from when we record it. it. No. I don't. You've been saying maybe you would. I would absolutely at least go back to like season five, six, seven and watch them if we could. I just don't know if you're prepared to watch that much TV, even though well, I would be. Well, I'm not prepared to, prepare to snooze alert. I'm gonna fucking. Okay, asleep. if that's actually how you feel, then you shouldn't watch it. But you are. I know you're gonna be so so annoyed, when it's and on. I'm gonna probably go and watch it. And it's Arya still alive? I'm not telling you. <sighs> um, it's one of those things where like you. You will miss out, and you will never be able to get that back. Like, the most famous show of the last, like, 10 years is about to end, and everyone's going to experience it together, and that will never happen Well, again.
2: every night at that time, I'm going to close my eyes, take a bath, draw a bath, sit there with some Epsom salts, <laughs> and you know
3: what? I'm just going to relax.
2: That's what I'm Well, gonna
3: like, me and all my friends are in the basement, like, ah! No, I'm, I'm honestly, like, I am. I'm feeling foam. I have foam out of the mat.
2: We've all been there scrolling through our social media feeds, wondering why we weren't accumulating experiences as awesome as the ones that everyone else seemed to be having.
1: I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular.
2: FOMO, I live with this all the time, also known as the fear of missing out, is a particular social anxiety that can be defined as a fear of regret.
1: It's a feeling that you get when you think everybody's having fun without you, otherwise known as high school for me. (laughs) Um.
2: It causes one to want to be continually connected to others and what they're doing and to wonder whether or not you've made the right decision on how to spend your own time. FOMO can be explained through the idea of loss aversion, which states that in our heads, losses have twice as much impact psychologically as gains. That kind of sucks. That means even if you're having a great experience, the prospect of losing out on other awesome experiences is going to have a greater effect on you. And these negative effects are only exacerbated by social media. FOMO is experienced most by active social media users, especially those accustomed to assessing social media during meals, right before bed, and first thing in the morning. As our collective addiction to social media deepens, the prevalence of FOMO increases. All this extra connectivity invokes what is referred to as the paradox of choice. The more choices we have, the less happy we'll be with the decisions that we make. Essentially, more choices lead to more things we feel we're missing out on. This is an issue as FOMO has been linked to degraded mood levels, lower satisfaction of one's life, as well as stress, sleep problems. It can also literally contribute to symptoms of anxiety and depression. So if, like me, sometimes you find that you are someone who suffers from FOMO or you actually feel like you're suffering from FOMO regularly, consider taking a break from social media.
3: I'm taking a break from
2: using Facebook. Or just leaving your phone at home and getting out there and just having your own adventure. When it comes to having to make decisions for your time or what to do, try narrowing down your options first and learn to accept good enough. Practice gratitude towards any of the good that the decision that you have made brings to you rather than focusing on the regret, the disappointment, and the things you're missing out on. This is all so much easier said than done, I know, but we can see the direct connection between social media and FOMO. So if you are experiencing FOMO, you might need to look at your social media use and figure out ways to curb it. Okay, so let's end this by you telling... Right now, it'll be locked in history. What do you think is going to happen in the
3: end of the show? Okay, I don't have, like, a hard prediction, but I, I, what I'm worried about is that it's going to be a happy ending and that, you know, like, John... That's going to go against what you think the meaning is. Yeah, because if it wraps up in that way... What I could see maybe happening, someone convinced me that it could wrap up in a in a happy but way. But isn't that kind of like the beginning where it's like the, right? It's kind of like it, the message could be like the Game of Thrones never ends. Like yeah. they could maybe win in the second last episode, and then the last episode or the could last just scene is just off. like a, like one of them getting beheaded, and then it ends. It's like true yeah. or like the beginning of another thing that like we we didn't see coming, and now it's just like oh, it, the Game of Thrones never ends. That yeah, could be a message. Okay. But I also cool would kind of be so into. Well, no. It's I'm, just kidding, like, I'm like, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't. I'd also back. be into this idea that just like the the White Walkers win, and it's just like I don't know what the message of that is, other than like sometimes things don't go as planned. And I'm excited this season we're going to learn about the White Walkers. I think they've represented even pure... the White Walkers are white. True. Um, some of them are trolls. Okay, <laughs> easy. Um, but I think we've always seen them as pure evil. And now the show has a chance, and I imagine the books too, to be like, they're also nuanced. This thing, like, in the beginning you see certain people as pure evil. Like, they're going to
2: they, be like, my kid just well, got Well, they killed. must have a
3: motivation. Otherwise, it's bad story writing if, like, these things, all they want to do is just kill. So there I'm, I'm thinking reason. it's going to be the bad storytelling one. They're just going to kill. They're just going to look at the camera viciously with their, like, what color are their eyes? Blue. Why is that bad storytelling? Isn't that what you just oh, said? Oh, like, if, if they just, never like, win find and out. we never find out they're no, just no, pure no, evil. No, no, we're going to find out about, because we know a little bit about the White Walkers oh my God, and maybe how they it'll... were created.
2: No, I can't do a spoiler of Us. I'm like, maybe they're the Tethered, but that doesn't make sense. Imagine (laughs) Imagine they're like the Game
3: of Thrones, people like Us comes out and they're like, oh my God, we (laughs)
2: got to rewrite
3: that. No, I think I'm excited. Last season was a little iffy. It was not my favorite because they kind of- Didn't you say they all of a sudden started to show up in random places where the timeline made no sense? That's sketchy. Showed that they needed to get through so much. But anyway, that's my, my prediction is a messy ending that- is sort of poignant but we're left being like not with just like a perfect happy ending
2: okay so what I think is gonna happen is Arya is gonna like find some sort of like Arya's dead what <laughs> oh
3: my god I was about
2: to like flip this table and just be you've like you've seen wow. the trailer <laughs> yeah no I'm pretty sure is not dead Arya's gonna find some weird potion she's gonna drink it she's gonna be able to go back in time to the Red Wedding and she's gonna be able to like fix all that bring back her family bring back everyone and it's gonna start oh you missed gonna a end really where it started. satisfying
3: Arya Red Wedding redemption arc really? Okay, I'll watch that. It's on YouTube. I'll watch that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um I don't know. Let us know your guys' predictions. Oh my gosh, like, please. Hashtag sure note Podcast people, be on my yeah, side. Please. I, I honestly think there are a lot of like closet. Be Game a whistleblower. Of Thrones it's
2: okay amongst your friends. Speak out loud. You okay? know what though? Talk groups. My friends,
3: sometimes I feel like I'm the oppressed and I'm the one who has to like defend my love of Game of Thrones. Like, What?
2: Hey, who? Everyone like Everyone Game of in this office. <laughs>
3: Okay, that's actually No, great. not a single person yeah. in well, this We problem. hire smart people. What can I say? <laughs> but I want to know, yeah, do you hate it? Do you love it? And I want to know other people's predictions. predictions. Which, like, I guess there can't be proper spoilers for it, but uh, I've watched some theories, and there's a lot of different ones. I want to know what you think. Um, hashtag Side Note Podcast. I'm excited for all of your cultural... Uh, that that um uh, yeah and, and convince I want you to convince Greg with me that he should just catch up. Even if he doesn't like it, I think it'll be a fun weekly moment for everyone, including him. And we just for this time period have HBO go so we can watch it. So like I'm excited. going uh, to finally okay. not have to stream it. Okay. No, no, no. Thank, Thank you guys. You so much. For listening. And um winter is coming.